Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to the Unusual F-Pod. Today we are titled The Good, The Bad, and The Ronaldo. And if it tells you anything about the bad, an entire soccer t- soccer game was just played while we uh, sorted through various technical difficulties. Um, if it tells you anything about the good, Tottenham won. So, oh hey, and if it tells you anything about who I am, I'm Jesse Loesch and I'm really glad that Tottenham won. Um, today I have the un believable happy pleasure of being joined by my um empress editor-in-chief founder of the magical land of unusual efforts kirsten hi kirsten hi and i would like to say that there is one other happy thing which is that napoli beat liverpool midweek woohoo so that's my happy and we'll obviously get to the bad and the other thing Sonia what's your happy my happy is that I am completely convinced that Udinese will beat Juventus today and they play like in four minutes from four minutes four minute countdown (laughs) (laughs) maybe we'll have some updates for you if one of us can figure out how to work some sort of stream or buttons but that's a that's far-fetched so (laughs) I'm not touching anything on this computer (coughs) I do not touch your computer Sonia's not allowed Megan what's your happy um, my happy is that RB Leipzig won in the Europa League, because that's the only happy thing that's happened this week. Listen, Aww. if each of us can get one happy, <laughs> I feel I feel a little positive about the week. So, um, Sonia, I think we're going to throw it to you to, to start us off on this. Maybe um, we're either going to start off with the bad or the Ronaldo, and those are sort of um, two parts of one whole. So why don't you why don't you kick us off here? I like the ambient noises that even the cars outside just want to like yeah, uh, block <laughs> out his name. Just for that's, the record, that's Brooklyn agreeing with us that you know Ronaldo deserves to be booed. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to come at this from a different position because the last podcast I was sick, and so I had the. I don't know if pleasure is the right word because it was a really great podcast, episode four, but it was not a pleasurable subject. So I don't know if pleasure is the word I'm going to go with. But I had the opportunity to listen to both Jesse and Kirsten discuss this problem um, situation kind of in a raw sort of sense of what was happening as it was going on, what wasn't happening, um, how the media was and wasn't dealing with it. And it gave me some time to kind of reflect on myself because our listeners should know by now that I was a Ronaldo fan and I defended a lot of his on-pitch personal actions to a lot of people, both on and off this podcast. But when everything sort of broke out and 
I will admit that I was not, and this is ignorance on my part, this is not an excuse, and I'm completely willing to own up to this, I was not necessarily aware or well-informed of past allegations. Um, And so when this broke, I don't want to say that I was surprised necessarily, which is very unfortunate, but I do want to say that I was kind of taken aback and... Again, I want to say my ignorance of of what has happened in the past is not an excuse whatsoever, but it really did make me rethink my fandomhood of Ronaldo. And I think a lot of people are kind of struggling with this position right now. And I just want to say that you can think somebody is very, very talented, that they have worked really, really hard to get where they are in life, that they put in the hours and they deserve to be recognized for their talent, but that they can also be a piece of shit. And then (laughs) that can 100% override what he does on the pitch. And it's okay that that overrides what he does on the pitch. So as a fan, if, and generally speaking, if something that that your hero or your role model or your mentor or whatever does that you don't like, it's okay to disagree. You don't have to blindly follow or blindly defend or, you know, think that you're a bad person because you previously liked them. However, when something like this breaks, it is up to you and it is up to your own moral stance and your own moral compass to say, hold up, let's reassess the situation and let's rethink about what I think about this person or this policy or whatever it is that you're questioning. And I just want to say that it's okay to rethink things. It's okay to disagree and to stand up for your beliefs. Sonia, why do you think it's so hard for so many fans to let go of, of that blind loyalty and, and, and love of Ronaldo? I mean, if you grow up watching some, not even grow up, if you just watch somebody every week and, and, You know, it's like anyone in your life. Obviously, there's a bit of, you know, an actual distance between. But if you find out that one of your friends did something bad or somebody that you 100% trusted in because you had no reason not to, it's really hard recognizing that and kind of coming to terms that things that you thought were true are not. And so I understand the struggle. I mean, I went through it on a very, very small scale with Di Natale. And please don't quote me on this is what he said verbatim but essentially when it was it was some sort of discussion I can't even remember how it came up and it was about um coming out and playing professional soccer and all he said was something like you know just stay quiet about it like you don't need to come up it'll just cause you more problems if you come out just leave it alone and like to me it was just like oh man like you're known for being like this leader and being in this like position of of you know helping soccer players kind of develop and learn and grow and like people look up to you and you had a chance to say something great and you hid behind it and that doesn't necessarily mean that you know he believed what he said or if it was just something PR or again I'm not making excuses for him but would you have the chance to stand up and say you know what I agree with 90% of something but when this 10% happened it completely flipped my perspective and it's okay to stand up and say this isn't okay I think I want to um, point out that I I was listening to Burn It Down pod earlier and either Jessica or Lindsay said doing the work 
is exhausting. And we know that. They obviously know that. But quite a few few people who have come, who have come face to face with this realization about Ronaldo, they don't understand that there is work to be put into in the working through the wrestling with it, the finding out, you know, how I can view my past enjoyment of him versus whether I stay a fan of the club, um, anything like that, that it's not just a snap decision, that it's probably something that one will make over and over, whether it's about Ronaldo, about his clubs, about his country, or about other players, other athletes, other humans, as this, I guess, movement continues to grow. So that's a thing to keep in mind. It's work, it's exhausting, but it must be done in these types of situations. I think it's a really great point. And I, I think that for those people who sometimes, or perhaps don't understand what, they maybe also don't understand why it matters so much, you know, that the work matters on more than just a, a a player level or a, or a team level. It matters on a systemic social level. Now, is, is that a good way to lean into how this connects with greater society? Jesse, you want to talk about that a little bit? I'd love to. Megan, did you, I feel like I interrupted you. Did you have something to say though? Um, Yeah. You know, this um, not by accident, um, you guys reminded me um, is coming um, back into light now. And um, Catherine Mujogar herself, um, who accused Ronaldo of rape, um, said that she felt, and I, again, I, like Sonia, I don't want to use the wrong word, but I'll say um, hopefully empowered, but inspired by um, the testimony of Dr. Christine Blasey Ford, who just last week testified against um, Judge Brett Kavanaugh in the Supreme Court. So I think that, you know, we're in this moment which is hopefully uh, a movement, but at the very least is a window of time where women are feeling like they are supported by each other, um, supported by a a small minority of journalists, perhaps, um, to speak out about the systems and power of oppression um, you know, the Me Too movement is decades old. Tarana Burke started it um, because women of color really had no way of talking about what was happening, the, the violence that was happening um, daily, minute by minute. And so the only thing they could do was sort of this whisper network of, of warning each other about what could happen. And for too long, that's the only thing that we could do um, was just let each other know that, you know, we had to watch out. Um, And, you know, I think in sports, 
sports has fallen behind in a lot of ways because um, men grow up as boys in this insulated, insular bubble of, um, you know, being coddled and, and told that they are, and they are worth a lot. You know, Kirsten and I talked about the endorsement deals and Ronaldo is worth so much to so many. Um, and so right now, I think it's not, it's not a coincidence that, that this is happening now on the heels of, um, on the heels of this Believe Survivor movement, on the heels of the Me Too movement, and and right now, when in less than five hours, um, the Senate is probably going to vote in Kavanaugh, but um, we don't know what the response to that is going to be. Um, it's it's a it's a wave of of sort of justified um anger and emotions that women have not really been allowed to feel and just to shout out shireen right now um she wrote an article that kind of connected this it it's published in time and of course i opened the wrong window on my phone but it has it has me too in the title but one of the things that she said and it it really meant a lot to us. She talked about the De Gea piece that she wrote for Unusual Efforts a couple years back. And we were the only outlet that would take it. She approached many others. And when she came to me with that piece, originally she said, Kirsten, all these places have turned me down. This is a story that needs to be told. Um, and now she's writing it for time, not De Gea, but obviously, but Ronaldo. And... While it was disappointing at first to see the lack of media responses and the continued lack of responses in football media, at least, you know, those articles are out there in other outlets and other people are willing to publish them, even if the conversation isn't as broad and as deep as we would like. Did you find the article? You look, um, I'm pulling it up right now. I just thinking about that though you look back and you realize what has been missed because of that you know um Karim Benzema who is playing I think now uh for Real Madrid um, I thought you were gonna say for Udinese (laughs) no (laughs) um but you know I barely recall um articles touching what happened with the prostitution Mm -hmm. ring you know and his career has not been derailed in the slightest. You know, De Gea, De Gea, who's playing also in 25 minutes. So had all that either happened now or had this movement happened back then, you wonder, A, what would have happened to these men? But more importantly, what would not have happened to these girls and women? How many girls would have been protected? And that's really at the heart of this issue. It's not so much about derailing the careers of powerful men. It's about protecting girls and women who go unnoticed, who fall to the wayside. Um, You know, nobody's saying that Kareem Benzema should not have a career. We're saying that the 16-year-old girl who is 
you know, who has no name, whose life has been traumatically different, that should not have happened. That's the point. And so I'm going to find the article now. There was another good point on, um, I think this one was on Double Pivot. It was also Jessica um, talking there. They invited her on where she started talking about, um, you know, most sport teams, they may have a point of pride in their community and the idea that um, they're supposed to do good in their community. And she was asking, is that true in soccer? And both of them, the Michaels, um, said, oh, yeah, of course it's it's true in soccer. It's more true in soccer. They try to be a community. But um, to me, wow, it just seems like Juventus do not try to I don't know. Sonia, do you think anything in terms of when you think of Juventus, do you think of Turin or do you think of a massive global club? I mean, it is comparable to the Walmart of Italian clubs, even European clubs, not just putting it to Italy. It's it's not like you see other than just like random photo ops. But I mean, for comparison's sake, and I know we're comparing apples and oranges here, but like Toronto FC has like their community outreach where they go like to soccer clubs and teach little kids how to play or they go to like help put up goalposts. And yes, those are complete photo opportunities. But the idea is the club. Your is in presence the city. in the community. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Whereas it's it, it, as a physical kind of literal example, you have the entire club or the entire community surrounding the club so like the first few pictures of um when Juventus played Chievo and people just came out in droves to see um Ronaldo play and like that's sort of the image where it's Juventus in the center and everybody else surrounding them and that surrounding does create protection it's it's putting up that fortress that Juventus doesn't have to send anyone out because they're behind this wall of people who will protect them which yeah, is yeah, and I can't I can't help but think that maybe if certain clubs were more aware first of their community and then of the people in the community, that maybe they would think. Well, I mean, obviously, Turin, Las Vegas, not the same thing, but mm-hmm. it's not out of the realm of possibility that someone who commits an act against a woman or commits an act act against anyone is going to do it again in the place they're living now so that's the purpose of pressing charges against people to make sure they don't hurt the next people in line and when you look at Juventus's reaction they're not thinking at all oh I need to protect the people in this community from the person that we have Definitely. brought into and it, I think if that one major point that they're missing is that they have female mm-hmm. fans. Like, you can't just cater to this demographic that has maybe been the majority for so long that you just assume it's the majority. I can't imagine being a Juventus fan, period, but I can't imagine being a Juventus fan and reading that tweet. And I know, Kirsten, <laughs> you want to talk a little bit about the tweet, but... One thing that I want to say, and if you haven't seen the tweet, um, it basically says Ronaldo's great, so rape allegations doesn't matter. Uh, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. 
Well, it's, it's from Juve, and we'll read it out loud, yeah. I just also, sorry, I want to say that I found the, the article. Um, it's the pinned tweet on Shireen's um, Twitter. It's really great, and it's called Soccer's Me Too, hashtag Me Too movement. Sorry, Soccer's hashtag Me Too moment could not have come soon enough. And it's a great article. her handle is footy bedsheets, right? Her handle? <laughs> yeah, you said it's her pinned tweet. Oh, her Twitter name. I'm so sorry. Yes. <laughs> I was like, her handle? That's a word. Please um, read her yes, article. Yes, Footy Share okay. it. Sherry spread it. Um, it's a great article. Let people who don't care yeah. about soccer read it because it's obviously a much bigger issue than just Juventus and, and Ronaldo. But um, while you're on Twitter yeah. and if you go and see Juventus's... You have the tweet? Okay. Do you want to read it out loud? Oh, I, ha- I have the tweets. This is their English account, by the way. So no yeah. translation, nothing. This is what was said in English. There, there's two. Yes, this is what was said in English, and I'll also say it was put out on every single one of their yeah. Twitter accounts, which I think they have, like, ten different languages. Yeah, it was in Spanish. You do not have to do any, like, Google Translate. No. You don't have to do any searching. Perfect. It was just as bad in yeah. English as it was in Spanish as it probably was in Italian. So, so the first tweet says, the events alleged... No, the first tweet says... Cristiano Ronaldo has shown in recent months his great professionalism and dedication, which is appreciated by everyone at Juventus. The events, allegedly dating back to almost 10 years ago, do not change this opinion, which is shared by anyone who has come into contact with this great champion. Megan, you're shaking your head. <laughs> What's your reaction there? <laughs> um... I think the thing that stands out the most is the events that took place almost 10 years ago. It doesn't matter how long it took, it, how long ago it took place. Absolutely <laughs> just, does not matter. And, I mean, you can say, oh, he was younger then. Okay, he was still 24. <laughs> That's not... <laughs> you know? so much... Ro- it's like It's like they had a bingo board of, like, <laughs> shit to get wrong. They li- They got bingo without even trying like and they don't even matter. really defend him they don't say this is not true but nope. they still got everything wrong it, no that's what that's what it is it doesn't matter that first of all saying whoever came in contact with him when you're trying to defend someone accused of rape is so offensive i don't even know how to express it like Clearly, Catherine Majorca doesn't think so because she came into contact with him in the worst possible way. So strike that from the record, Juventus. Like, ew. But second of all, like you just said, either say we believe that he was innocent or not guilty or whatever, or say what you're saying, which is it doesn't matter that we think he raped somebody. He's great at scoring goals. Like, that's what you're saying. Yes. Is my sound effect (laughs) for that. And then, um, then their director, Fabio Patrici, expressed his total support. Please imagine the air quotes around that. And says he has always been very active on social issues. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Should we put him back to the good column now? He's been active on those social issues. And the thing is... Well, everybody knows that doing social issues cancels out other things, right? Like... If you put enough in the one column, you can rape as many people as you want. Isn't that how it works? Oh. No? I mean, honestly, like, we're 
just about it. But I think that's what a lot of people yeah. think. And to me, that's insane. Well, the problem is that's what they're saying, right? Like, we're being facetious about it. But, but the message that they're giving sort of explicitly is that. That because he's always been whatever social issues he's been involved in, that he has this, 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 you know, bank of credit somehow to get away with stuff. And that's a problem. And for those who don't pay a lot of attention to Italian football, we probably should point out that um, there's no way Juventus is going to do anything but this because... This is why they bought Ronaldo for one purpose. They bought him to win the Champions League. And it is a big investment on their part. And they don't want to lose that investment because if they don't win the Champions League, they've really, I mean, what, seven straight titles, right, Sonia? Yeah. They've got nothing else and they just can't get that European trophy. And that's all that matters. They will run over whoever, whatever is in their way and that's why they can't do anything but say eh, he's good at football that's what's important which is actually kind of interesting if you want to kind of look at it from a flip side of things not that it makes it any better but what Juventus is really protecting is the right to win a trophy not necessarily a player but it's come down to them wanting that European dominance which is almost shittier in a way now that I've said it out loud. Like, they're protecting <laughs> Champions League, not their player. If, and honestly, and I, I'm, I'm presenting this to the group and I'm presenting this to our listeners too to tweet in their thoughts. If it was any other player on Juve, would A, that tweet be sent out and B, would there be any sort of other damage control? Whether it's to to suspend them from a game while the allegations are being looked into or, you know, bench them for an indefinite time, whatever. If it was any other player, would the reaction be the same? Actually, it's a totally different scenario, but with Emery Chan's, um just going back a few weeks, Emery Chan's, um comment in the um, interview about how Ronaldo's red card was um, not okay or, beca- or was just ridiculous because they're not women, right? And then there was this whole fury about it, right? But he immediately had to put out a statement. And you could tell the statement was crafted by some very, not good, but <laughs> by some very influential, um, like, people from Juventus. It wasn't him that was coming up with it. Um with his, I'm sorry, I didn't mean any offense. You know, I have, I have a sister respect for women, blah, 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 blah. And he, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and so he had to put out that statement immediately. There was no supporting him for it. Yeah, no, I know. Not, there should have been. Um, I, I know that we are not a, a um, video club, a video podcast, but I just want to show everybody that Juve... Um, about 20 minutes ago, doubled down and on their Twitter account wrote heart at Cristiano and um, just showing everybody here. So it's just heart at Cristiano Ronaldo with four images of Cristiano Ronaldo um, on the pitch with small 
children. Actually, the same small child. So (laughs) they're just trying to show (laughs) that when a child runs onto the pitch, Cristiano Ronaldo uh, pats the child on the head and lets the child. I'm, I'm raising my hand. Apparently, so that this is something you guys know that I want to say, and that is just yes, going Sonia. to make me explode. <laughs> Listen, if you're a Juventus fan and you love the club and you've been supporting the club since you were in the womb, whatever, you can still support club and call them out on this shit. And honestly, there have been <laughs> yes, yes, one hundred percent. And, it's okay and there be have like, been a few who have done that, and I it's wonderful. I love this Sorry, club. Continue. I do not agree with what they're doing. And honestly, not saying anything lets them get away with this. So even if you think it and don't want to say it publicly, trust me, I know a lot of Juventus fans who will say a lot of little things online. Do not let this be the one that stops you. Don't think that this makes you less of a fan, less of a Juventus fan, less of a Serie A fan. It doesn't. So please, if you do not agree with what the club is doing right now, say something. Send them a message where it hurts them the most. Their fans, the people that they think will protect them, shouldn't stand for this. And if anyone wants help of what to say or who to send it to, come to any of us because we will help you with that. And we will help you get your messages and thoughts across to people that need to hear it. Sorry. Done. (laughs) <laughs> I sorry that's Brooklyn just agreeing with Sonia Uh-oh. but I also want to say that like I, you know I've done that um I, when a couple of my clubs have done things that I do not agree with um Penyarol, Tottenham mm-hmm. and and you get through that you have like 10 seconds of feeling like oh but they're mine and then you get over it and you say like that's yes. my club and I do not want my club to be known for shitty things i want my club to be better and yeah you get mad at them when they lose guess what they lost right now that's like that's yours you let them know who you want them to be background message than that and i just want to say yes yeah yes call them out i love that they (laughs) lost the moral high ground it's the it's Um, worse than losing by seven to no one cares i don't know honestly i called out the toronto raptors last night no Um, not they have a we were watching it's a preseason game so like no one was really watching it or whatnot but they have a thing it's like you know during commercial breaks and whatnot when you're actually at the stadium they have all those stupid um like big screen things and it was something along the lines like the face that I make and it's like and then they freeze frame on somebody like cheering and one of them was the face that I make underneath it when my wife says Saturdays for the boys could not believe it like could not believe it and 100% called them out and a um it, it didn't pick up much steam and I'm still waiting to hear back from the Toronto Raptors so hit me up T.O. Raptors um for an apology or for even asking like what is wrong with this if they honestly did not know what was wrong with that message totally fine if they have an explanation and somebody says you know what is why this isn't probably the best thing to say they realize it and then they sort of redact and be like sorry that was not our meeting totally fine but this is a learning opportunity Juventus needs to learn Toronto Raptors need to learn Everyone needs to learn. I need to learn. This is why I've been silent until my big rant right now, because I'm learning from you guys. Like, as a fan, I'm still wrestling with, well, as a former fan, I'm still wrestling with my own feelings, and that's okay. But sometimes you need to listen, and then other times you need to stand up. And right now, 
I'm pleading with you, Juventus fans. Stand up. Stand up to make your club better. For anyone, anywhere who might be associated with Juventus the club, we're also pleading with you to listen. There were people who put forward the idea that this was not the club in terms of the tweet. They tried to make it out. This is a social media intern. You know, this is just somebody who gets to run the Juventus Twitter account. Let's say right here, right now, no. This is not some podunk little club. This is not even one of the crappy Serie accounts, which, yes, there are many. Juventus is excellent. Almost as excellent at Ronaldo as Ronaldo at maintaining a public image. This tweet did not go out in 10 languages, or however many it was, without being cleared by those at the top. Whoever is at the top of their media message signed off on this. This is their press release, essentially. So, As did the tweet this morning. Yeah. That's two. Well, three, if we count the fact that that was two, but yes. Right. (laughs) Don't let it... Don't think that because it came through Twitter or because it came through Instagram in the case of Ronaldo, somebody signing off on those things for him as well. Um, or or Ronaldo's tweet. He also tweeted. These are all very carefully managed, their public image, and it means something. So it's okay to get angry about it. It's okay to tell the club that they want this to stop. Not not just that they want this to stop, but they want Ronaldo gone. And I wish we released this episode earlier so I could tell everybody at the Stadio Friuli, which I know it's no longer called that, but I'm going to stick to it. <laughs> it always will be in your mind. Exactly. I still call the Skydome when Toronto the Skydome. Um, yeah, that, that Juventus is coming into your home Make a statement. And, I mean, now it's kind of falling on deaf ears because we can't get... Well, there's going to be a next yeah. one, so... <laughs> I don't I don't have a up on me because I'm not going to lie. I, I have the uh, game on my phone right now, so sorry, guys. <laughs> but, <laughs> well, yeah, um, Serie A teams of... Uh, Serie A fans of other clubs, um, social media managers of other clubs as well, say something. And it doesn't have to be controversial. It doesn't have to be, you know, uh, additive. I wish it was. But you can do something to say, this is not right. This is not the type of thing I want to uh, represent. And this is not the way I want to see the future going. It's not. That seems like an excellent way to end this segment. Unless somebody else wants to raise their hand and say something. (laughs) No. Okay. Good. I think it's great. It's okay to change your mind about your heroes. That's- Were you introing? Was that an intro? Because it was excellent. Yes. <laughs> yes, it was an intro. Speaking about heroes, let's talk about some people that, you know, deserve our time and deserve the last 30 minutes of this podcast. And we're not going to focus on just the negative, but we're going to move on to the positive and talk about players or even staff. I don't know if we necessarily said players, but just people eh? in the industry. For the Twitter, for Twitter, it's anyone. For what? Twitter, it was anyone. Anyone? Okay, perfect. Yeah. I love that. And we'll retweet that too so that other people can conversation. But let's talk about some sort of, some sort, sorry. Let's talk about some, some heroes of the soccer world that, you know, may not necessarily 
get the fanfare other players do, but mean something to us. I think the actual question is, what hero inspired you to love football, soccer, football, foosball? There, did I get them all? And <laughs> Culture? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's because it doesn't start with an F. Okay, somebody else should probably start. Megan, do you want to go? <laughs> um, mine's a very sappy story and not unsung at all. But um, She added that unsung. I, I that she just slipped that one was in. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, mine was Mia Hamm, which is probably the most stereotypical answer. Um, but I was a young girl <laughs> who played soccer since I was like four years old. And, um, I remember there was, um, the Olympics and it was on while I was at school and my mom would help me, um, record the games so that I could watch them when I got home. And... I was amazed to see these women doing so well and being so applauded across the country. Um, And that's part of why I stuck with it. So she inspired you not like, I don't want to say just in terms of women, but it wasn't like, I'll only watch the US women or I'll only watch women or think I could follow in this footstep. But a woman soccer player prompted you to watch the sport in general yes i was not watching soccer at all before that and then i was like well oh there's a world cup on maybe i should watch this even if it's not women pretty awesome okay was that 99 okay because we also have a tweet from kelly kelly we have more than one kelly on this little segment but this is at kelly t1124 and she says, in 1999, Mia Hamm scored right in front of me at the opening game of the Women's World Cup. I was eight and completely hooked. Which, so you're not alone, Megan, and I'm sure that there are quite a few others out there as well that felt feel that about Mia Hamm. Um... Should I read another one? I think I'll read another one so they're not all back to back. Um, This one is from Samuel at Arsenal Time numeral one. So Arsenal Time one. I wonder who he supports. Uh, You know, I don't know because Ozil is his um, Twitter picture. And then there's some (laughs) Arsenal on his header. And quite honestly... (laughs) I'm sorry, I shouldn't have actually gendered. I I know Kelly, so I use the pronouns for her. But um, sorry, Samuel, if I'm using the incorrect pronouns there. Let's try not to do that, okay, y'all? Anyway, so Samuel, they say that it's Pele that made me fall in love with the game. Where's he going with that? I thought you were going to be like, well, I like his work ethic, the way he got around the pitch. (laughs) The elegance he had on the pitch. Amazing. Made me love Arsenal. Hopefully I get to meet the great man one day. Well, Samuel, good luck. We ho- we also hope that you get to meet Pele someday. Keep dreaming. It's great to have dreams. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ellen! We wish we had that power, Samuel. Yeah. We'd probably use it for you ourselves. You get a player, though. and you get a player. Oh. Who wants to go next? Somebody raise their hand. No? Um, I will, but mine is also, like, I kind of... Yours is also a Mia Ham? Mine is not Mia Ham. I have... I have... Uh, I went between two, so I'm just going to cheat and give you both. I, um... Mine was the entire 94 women's team of, like, Brandy Chastain ripping her shirt off and Michelle Akers playing through chronic fatigue and, like, just that whole – like, I just wanted to tag along and be their, like, baby mascot because I remember um, I remember recording it on, like, VHS because I was at school, so my father recorded the games for me on VHS and I would come home and, like, just – like immediately run and and rewind it to get to the beginning of the matches and watch and I just like they were just magic like there was something magic about the way that they like Brian Ascari all of them I just (laughs) I still remember that and remember the magic of of them I haven't seen anything like it since I don't know if it was like me where I was at as a kid or them or I don't know, but I just remember wishing that they would adopt <laughs> me as their like tiny baby and and take me with them on tour. I, um, I'm sorry, Jesse. So guys, if you're listening, before you were a tiny baby, I was not. I was a tiny, a tiny. How old was I? I was a tiny eight and a half year old. Just trying to make and I just make sh- make sure yeah. to keep you honest there. I was a tiny third grader wanting attention from all of them, and Aww. the other one was Tab Ramos for all of you fellow Metro Stars fans. Um Uruguayan American That's- national Tabare Ramos. Um because I once I was at a Metro Stars game and I was freezing so I had wrapped myself in the Uruguayan flag <laughs> that my father Of course you did. <laughs> I was just remember being so cold and like shivering in this flag. And then I Tab Ramos actually like came up to where we were because it was the games were at giant stadium and there were all of like 13 people there so we were way at the at the like row two because you could do that then and he came all the way up to us to say hello in spanish because he saw me shivering in my like uruguayan flag cape Um, and yeah and it was so great and i just like have loved him since so both both of those that was a really cheating answer to the question Oh, but it was basically like everyone. It's still it's it's really good to have this happy thoughts right now. I think I think we all need Isn't them. It? Yeah. Um. This from Matthew, who is Matt L. Stephen. There's no way to tell his club. There's no way to tell this person's. There we go. That is really- affiliation from this tweet or from what? the. No, that was that was. Why am I talking? Pumping. Someone else. Pumping. Well, things. unless unless we say that like the Stephen is for Stephen Gerrard, it's not or something. Unless okay. we go really deep. We, dive. we should yeah. say that Matt L. Stephen is spelled Stephen. S T E P H E N. Go follow mm-hmm. Matt. Okay. Matt L. Stephen because he because this person. Somebody else is reading the next tweet. Because Matt says, as a lapsed football fan, Drogba pulling Chelsea into the 2012 final was not only what really got me into Chelsea, but proper made me fall in love with football again. 
the last kick. Can we tell? Okay. Oh, sorry, keep going. And then we need we need to tell Matt the reaction that that Sonia had. We to that tweet. we want, but we want Matt to get his whole get the whole tweet in there, which is the last kick of his Chelsea career was a narrative and a half. That's beautiful. I love I love Drogba, but mm. apparently Sonia, you don't feel the same. I didn't see your face. Oh no, okay. that was like <coughs> oh Matt. Okay, good. Matt, just so you know, the that was a very lyrical tweet, and you got Sonia like fist pumping, yes, all the way from Canada. So well done, Matt. Because yeah, Drogba's worth it, I think. Yeah, from a non-Chelsea fan at all, even I like Drogba. Drogba, so I guess good job. Yeah, good job. Yeah. Um, yeah. now we have one that I'll admit I'll never I've never heard of, and when you when I tell my story about my player, you'll probably understand why. But this is from Ryan Hun, who is at Bad Goal Rai Rai. And the answer here is David Rocastle made me want to wear the number seven shirt whenever I played. Such a great player and a lovely man, too. If you haven't seen the Ian Wright program where he talks about him, I'd recommend it. But it's a real ter- tearjerker. So, other fellow podcasters, do we know who this person is? I'm so bad with English. Now we have somebody to look up and a program. Uh, History, Mm -hmm. Um, it's all a blank to me. I'll I'll confess, and I guess that means I can just dive straight into mine, so I can explain. Um. Uh, this is a big confession that some people might not know about me. I have not been a fan for all that long. Huh, yeah. I that. Well, I mean, as legally required in the United States, I did play soccer as a small child and I watched. That is true. Yeah. You can't get your citizenship if yeah. you haven't played as a child. Um, yeah. and I watched the 94 World Cup and, um, cheered Brazil, I think, because even then I had absolutely no patriotism. Um, (laughs) but, uh, then I just, you know, I've always been a baseball fan and that was always, um, what my attention was focused on. And I became, I decided that I needed a new hobby when I started getting sick in 2008 and I decided to follow Aston Villa, but it was not because of any player or even any person. I just was bored and I thought they were a good bid table pick. So... I truly am sorry to all Villa fans because obviously I, I curse the club and I apologize, <laughs> but that's not my story. Um, my story is about a player who made me absolutely love the game, and that I'm sure you all will be surprised to hear is Marek Hamšík. And <laughs> I know what a shock. Um, and I clearly remember, um, as I said, I was a Villa fan. And I was um, was an M, friends with Chris Nee, and we were on a train, and I remember this so clearly, on a train in 2010 going to Peter Check? Three Bridges to watch Tooting Mitchum. Yes, this is not made up, I promise. And he was talking about how much he loved Napoli because of this younger player, Marek Hamšík. And he was just so excited about him and 
just wanted to talk about how great the team was doing because they brought him in and how wonderful it was to watch. So that's when I decided, um, you know, I have a little Slovak in my background, or I thought I did. So I'll embrace this man, I'll embrace this team, and started watching Napoli. And ever since then, you know, I've been addicted to Napoli, addicted to football. But um, mostly it's just because I love to watch the way he plays, love to watch him conduct the center of the pitch. And um, not to end this on a sad note, but I'm terribly, terribly distressed to see that um, he was absolutely overplayed by Sari. He's nearly broken now. And pretty soon he's just not going to be a starter. And he's only, he's 31 now. And he should have had at least one more good year captaining Napoli. And instead he's headed to the bench. But I will forever be grateful for to Chris for talking to me about Hemshik. And so he's a little bit of my football hero too, um, for many reasons, but mostly that one. And for Hemshik for existing and teaching me that, the game can be beautiful even when it's ugly <laughs> and that uh loving napoli is absolutely something that's worth doing and i'll stop because it's a game really cheesy i'm gonna find love that i'm gonna find somebody else's uh tweet to read now because i feel pressured um so this one i also agree with I will say that right there. Um, this is from May, who is Match Day May, with a Chelsea flag and a picture of Czech in the corner. So we have no confusion. Well, actually, we have a little confusion on that one, I suppose. Um, right. Czech, <laughs> yeah. Czech can be confusing. <laughs> uh, on the left-hand side, there's some blue, so we're thinking straight on Chelsea. Anyway, he, because the answer is Frank Lampard. Balak's transfer to Chelsea was what introduced me to the club, but we often don't acknowledge the players like Lampard who consistently put out stellar performances, whether it's by taking the lead or supporting others. He made me fall for the sport in earnest. Well, May, I'm going to tell you, I acknowledge Lampard. I absolutely acknowledge that man for four or five years. I'm not sure if it's the same way you acknowledge him, but I support this tweet. Anybody else have probably shouldn't open it up for discussion in case people disagree. So the next one does have a team in the background, but it's one that I'm not prepared to figure out who they are. Perhaps it is. uh, Perhaps it's TFC, actually. Um, Anyway, this is from Da Ray. And the handle is AFC Ontario. So, uh, Arsenal. Sorry about that. I would guess it's Arsenal. And the tweet reads, I remember watching Canoe score the winning goal versus Brazil in the Atlanta 96 Olympic semis. We were 3-1 down and 1-4-3. We became the first African country to beat Brazil and went on to win gold. He also joined Arsenal, which is one of the reasons that I support them. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to say anything, but um, we've actually had a 
at least one article that talks about canoe. I think it's in our top seven moments in Africa football history. Um, went and talks about how impressive Nigeria were in the 96 Olympics, just to give a little context to that. I love things like that. I love when you you sort of fall into a club because of a player um, or a moment. I think that's great. And Sonia, what about you? Um, I struggled for a while because I kept realized that they were forced onto me. And so it was the first player that made my own thing. I said unsung at the beginning, and he literally has a... So, let's just edit that Is it Mario out. Gomez? Sorry? Is it Mario Gomez? No, it is not. Is it Mario? It is talk. a TFC player. You know why I went that? Um, <laughs> oh. that actually, I was a fan. First team that wasn't, you know, following my father's team or my family's team or whatever. So, my player that really brought me to where I am today is Danny Dicchio. TFC, which is why we have him. Um, he also got TFC first red card. He still works within the club. Um, massive community guy. Super, super nice too. And to me, he is sort of the model of what I think he is and what I want them to be. Very hardworking. And yeah, just <laughs> congratulations. Him, I was like, that's a footballer I want representing my city. So thank you, Danny Dickio. Huh. That's pretty. I didn't think to take the question in the I want this person representing my city, but that makes sense, especially with what we talked about earlier in the show oh my gosh sorry <laughs> what happened in the match it's, did you uh, see something megan do you know megan do you know <laughs> oh my god gladbacher winning gladbacher beating byron <laughs> yeah yes how did you megan know? keep it together and you didn't <laughs> because she doesn't care about those teams as much as i do it's 16 minutes in so gladbach have plenty of time to fit let this one you know be a loss so we'll see how i feel by the end of this game um okay anyway but for now congratulations three more heroes and i want to say that's why i was uh looking at the score but it's a total lie my phone flashed it um (laughs) so this one is fantastic it's from the dazzling one uh who's Twitter name is Big Boo Diddly and the handle is the dazzling one and the tweet reads my boyfriend now now husband told me he was a Tottenham fan I asked him who good choice in husbands uh and here here's the rest of the tweet I asked I asked him who their rivals were that's why I'm an Arsenal fan now oh and then there's a follow-up. He was big mad, but couldn't do anything. Derby weekends are real <laughs> quiet around our house. <laughs> I love them. I don't know who they are, but I'm just a big fan of that couple. <laughs> oh, it's great. I was, I was really, I got to confess when I read the first line, I was going to thinking like, oh no, did somebody just choose? I mean, I don't want to judge people for choosing a team because their partner likes them because... Quite honestly, speaking as somebody who has two of the same teams as their partner and two not the same, it is way more fun most of the time when you can celebrate at the same time. Although, you know, trash talking can also be 
enjoyable. Yeah. Um, okay, so we need a lighthearted. Uh, no, don't worry. We, yes. we have we have a very lighthearted tweet, which comes from Kelly, who, um, when she can, does our resting bitch face narrative, but also does many other wonderful things. Um, she is at Kelly underscore Wells. And this is my boss at HMV is the hero in this story. He locked me in the cash office and the only station the radio would pick up was five live. I had to listen to football commentaries or silence. And eventually I got tired of silence. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's a little clarification here. I should point out that he appointed me cashier. He didn't just lock me in the cash office. (laughs) (laughs) Although he did tell me that making me work alone in a locked room was better for the shop in general. (laughs) So there's a little lighthearted one. (laughs) And then um, I wanted to close on this one because June's words are always so beautiful. And we have a piece coming up from her on the website. I don't know if it'll be this week. It'll probably be in the next week. It's about. Um, yes. Like two sentences. Anyway, if you're not following Mimsicality, that's M-I-M-S-I-C-A-L-I-T-Y, well, you should be. We'll just put it that way. And this says... I have heroes who made me love football for its passion or football for history and meeting. But for football as art, Mikel Arteta, watching him play live made me fall in love with the way body and football interact, creating beauty from the chaotic movement of objects in space. Y'all, I don't know how to, there's, not that this is a contest, but that just. Yeah, but no, that's such a good thing to, uh. Yeah. Yeah. To end on. So. Yeah, I I don't, I mean, my mic doesn't really drop, but, um, hashtag mic drop. How's that? Does that work? Don't drop that. No, no, don't. (laughs) Don't do that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, you guys, I think that was, uh, that was a really good bad in Ronaldo. Ha ha ha. Um, so, um, I also think it was perfect timing for you to scoop up our mascot, Frank. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you can follow us at Unusual Efforts and let us know what you think about, um, who's playing, Megan? Who's winning? Gladbach! There you go. Tell us what you think about that. (laughs) Tell us what you think about Ronaldo. Um, Tell us what you think about the Raptors. Um, Tell us how cute Frank it is. Yeah. And like Sonia said, we are happy to both help and amplify. So if you... um, 
if you do, and we hope you do, um, send that message out on Twitter, let us know, and we are more than happy to amplify your message on your voice. Um, Sonia, yes. where can people follow you? Uh, people can follow me on Twitter and, I guess, everything, at Sonia with a J, Missio. And the other thing, too, with that is if you have questions, if you don't understand something and want to learn more, reach out to us. We're happy to explain or walk things through. Uh, we're not going to get into arguments or argue with trolls or, you know, fight that way. But we're happy to answer questions because knowledge is power. And the more people know and the more they can do with, you know, with that background, we're, uh, we're happy to help. Yeah. Um, Megan, where can people follow you? follow me on twitter at rosenball megan and um kirsten who i think dropped her mic a little too hard um you could follow her anytime at kd schlevitz and she's also reminding us that you can let us know if you want to do an insta takeover for unusual efforts so if you're going to any um exciting or fun or interesting matches please let us know at unusual efforts and we will hand over the reins to you um and you can, uh, you can document that. Um, we are also super grateful to Man on the Post. And you could follow them at The Very Creative, at Man on the Post. Um, hit subscribe. Hit um, follow, I think, on Sonia's favorite Stitcher. Ooh, Stitcher. On, woohoo, Stitcher. On um, um, iTunes, on Acast, on that little purple app that you have that says Podcasts. And all of these magical podcasts will just drop right in for when you're stuck on the subway or whatever your version of the subway is. It's really great. So um, what's a great sign off? Is it a, is it a Frank grunt? Can we get a Frank grunt? What's this? <laughs> what a good one. Um, thanks so much, you guys. We will see you next time. Ciao. Bye. Bye.